Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are the, the Latchkey Latch Kids. Kids. Oh, wow. Wow, Latchkey wow, wow. Kids in the house, in front of the TV, as we normally, that's how you find us. That's where we are. I would say sitting in front of the TV. Except we didn't have a remote back in. No, you actually had to get your ass up off the floor. (laughs) Yes, because you sat six inches from the TV. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, and I'm the one with glasses. How did that work out? I don't understand. (laughs) Maybe you unlocked the code. All right, I'm excited. We're going to talk about TV today, right, Doctor Amy? Oh my gosh! I mean, obviously, Aaron, everyone knows about our Latchkey Kids hours, many hours. Oh yeah, many, many, many hours. Yeah. We had, we've already had an episode about the Brady Bunch, of course. We also, oh, gosh. Aaron, do you recall hmm. the episode we did oh, way back about Saturday morning cartoons? Okay. Oh, I love Saturday. We would get up at like five o'clock in the morning That's for Saturday right. morning cartoons. That's yes, correct. Mm-hmm. But our television watching was not restricted to the after school hours or the Saturday mornings. Oh, I mean, heavens no. Of course not, people. <laughs> no. I mean, most evenings after that delicious dinner of member mom's meatloaf, canned mm. meats, your favorite. Gross. No, thank you. macaroni and cheese. That, that yes. <laughs> that. Do they Ooh. make that still? I need to find uh, some deluxe macaroni and cheese with Probably. the packet of creamy cheese. Sauce. No, Could you just, maybe. if you wanted to, just take out the packet of creamy cheese sauce, cut one of the corners and squirt it into your mouth? Could oh, you do that? God. <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked we're already. Really, we're okay. Back to our bad I'm food sorry. Episodes, bad Foods Part are. 3. <laughs> Here anyway, we go. Yes, dinner. yes. Dad's uh-huh. made the glorious popcorn on oh. the stovetop. Thank you. Dad's much. popcorn. I don't know what his secret was, but it was magical. Yes. We have all plopped down in the living room, mom and dad and their respective lazy boys. Mm-hmm. I had the whole couch to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're on the, <laughs> the, the brown floral velveteen couch. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm on the shag carpet with on the floor. On the little step right in front of the television. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're ready to go with primetime people. Primetime yeah. television. Family so TV. Great mm-hmm. shows. And so where to begin? I mean, obviously, you know, throughout the, the span of the Latchkey Kids podcast, we're going to talk about so many of them. But well, we got a couple. Our first installment of primetime yeah. picks uh-huh. by Aaron and Dr. Amy. <laughs> All right. Here we go today. So, Aaron. I'm so excited. Kick us off. <laughs> yes. We pick? are going to start. We're going to start with. I mean, I went back and I watched, I didn't watch an entire episode of the show because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I maybe, I'm not sure if I could. <laughs> I don't know okay. if I would, I don't know if I could watch an entire episode of the show because okay. frankly, it doesn't hold up very well. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. the reason why, like so many things, the reason why is because this show is incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It is yeah. the dumbest show. I mean, we watched a lot of dumb shows, but yeah. this one this is high. This is top five and the dumbest shows in American history. Okay. It is real dumb. And of course, I'm talking about cue the music. Oh. <laughs> 
We played the song in band in middle school. Yeah, we did. It was very exciting. Yep, we played it in band. The A team, everybody. I mean, Mr. T. T vehicle, in my opinion. I mean, come it on. pretty much was. I mean, every 12 year old boy in America loved the shit out of the A team. Sure. It was so, so, so incredibly stupid. <laughs> um, so let's kick things off. If you just landed from the planet Venus, here is a summary of the A team. Uh, courtesy of Wikipedia. <laughs> the A-Team is an American action-adventure television series that ran on NBC from 1983 to 1987. It's about former members of a fictitious Army Special Forces unit. There were four members of the team, and they were tried by court-martial for, so I'm going to say this very dramatically, a crime they didn't commit. Yes, that's right. Very important. They were convicted and sentenced to serve terms in military prison, but they escaped to Los Angeles mm, of course. very conveniently <laughs> and began <laughs> they <laughs> began because that's where TV shows it's are made. So yeah, <laughs> it's already dumb. I know. I can't even get through the one paragraph synopsis right. without just like the whole thing falls apart. So they're soldiers yeah, of yeah. fortune. They're trying to clear their names and avoid capture by law enforcement and military and, and if authorities. You're to avoid capture, why wouldn't you choose yeah. Los Just, Angeles? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you want, you want to be under the radar. Hollywood, oh, baby, all the way, right? God. Wow. So you had wow. four. This is, and I'm going to be, I'm apologizing to the ladies right now because this, this is like, this is the most it masculine show that ever. Show. It yeah. was ever created. It yeah. is. It's so it's four dudes. They tried to. We'll get to this in a second, but they tried to put some women in the show and it didn't work I out did anyway. <laughs> so you had four guys. Uh, and, and I will say that the actors and the characters were the reason that that all of us 12 year old oh, boys like yes. this show. Great, great it, cast. Great it cast. wasn't the plot. It wasn't no. the. The plot was the same every time, but the characters were actually pretty good. They were, they were, they were fun. You had Lieutenant Colonel John Hannibal Smith, Hannibal. played by George Pappard. Oh, yeah. uh, he was known for his unflappable demeanor. He was always cool as a cucumber. He always had a cigar in his mouth. Right. He wore, he wore fingerless black leather gloves for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> And he also was a master of disguises, Dr. Amy. Maybe he was a Madonna fan with the fingerless gloves. Maybe. Okay. And the disguise and all the makeup and stuff. Oh. Yeah. He was also a master tactician. He was always coming up with a plan, yes. but his plans rarely turned out the way they were supposed to. So that is the he was the leader, by the way. That's the leader, yep. Hannibal. Okay. Then you had Face or Face, face Man. Lieutenant Templeton Peck, played by Dirk Benedict. Now, Face was like sort of like the James Bondy kind of suave, good-looking guy. He was very successful with women. Yes, he was handsome. Yeah, very handsome. He served as the A-team's con man and scrounger. He would go around and he would gather anything they need. He would also use disguises. And, uh, you know, he would go and do that. He was basically the second in command behind Hannibal. Then you had okay. my favorite, my two favorite characters. Okay, okay. you had Murdoch, oh, who was yes. full name Captain H.M., which stood for Howling Mad Murdoch, 
played by actor Dwight Schultz. Okay. He was the pilot. He was, I, for some reason, they were always flying around always, in a helicopter. Always in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Or in a small airplane. Uh, but Which the thing about. actually would be a better way to get around the Los Angeles area. You know, what, considering all the traffic, maybe they were onto something. Well, they also did have a really, really cool van. Which oh we'll God. talk about in a, the van is is, is the character. fifth character, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> so Murdoch was not only was he the pilot, but he was also the crazy guy. Yeah. He was insane, and you never really sure you were never really sure if he was really crazy or if maybe he was pretending to be crazy. But he would like he would talk to inanimate objects. He had an invisible dog named Billy. He was nuts. Okay, and then you had there would be no A team. Uh, if it was not for the star power and magnetism of Mr. T, Mr. T, Mr. T was in this show. He played B.A. Baracus. Great name. Right. Sergeant First Class. Do you know what the, the B the B and B.A. stands for Bosco, by the way? What? Bos his name was Bosco Baracus. I, I know. I didn't know that either. Uh, B.A. was kind of he served two purposes. One of them, he was like the he was the mechanic. He was. He was always able to fix things and, you know, uh, build whatever they needed. But he was also the resident badass. He was the muscle. Yeah. And if somebody needed beaten up, mm. Mr. T would I gladly be the one to do it. Yes. Yes. So he was known for his trademark, uh, not a Mohawk hairstyle, an African Mandinka warrior hairstyle. Mm. And his many, many okay. gold necklaces that he had oh, all the time. Oh, my God. Such and accessorizing. I mean, yes. I love his whole vibe. Wow. Yes. And then, as we said, the fifth character in the show was the van. Mm. They drove, when they weren't flying in a helicopter, the A-team rode around in this really, it was cool. Look it up. It's so cool. It's a black 1983 GMC van with an angled red stripe down the side, plus red red wheels and a red wing across the rear roof. You got to see it. Oh, oh, wow. So they would pile into the van and they would jump out with their machine guns and they would anyway. Okay, so what was this crazy show all about? Well, if you're an older if you're an older person or if you've seen the Tom Cruise movies, it was a lot like Mission Impossible. Yes. You know, at the begin there what it wasn't a serial show. It wasn't it didn't have as much of a story arc except no. for the fact that they were trying to clear their names. But I mean, even that wasn't really a huge part of the show. So basically it was episodic. It was an hour long show at the beginning of the show. There would be some kind of problem. You know, they would get a plea for help from yeah. some victimized group That's who right. said the A team, we need it you. There's these bully bad guys. Yeah. They're making our lives miserable. Come save us. And they would jump in the van or a helicopter and they would come up with an elaborate plan that would involve disguises and subterfuge and spying yeah. and flying a helicopter. And then there would be a car chase. And then at the end, there'd be a big oh, shootout during which not a single person would ever die. No, no one would ever die. There'd be a hail of bullets. Okay. Uh, and that was the thing about the A-team. It was extremely violent, but... You, back then, anyway, you couldn't have like graphic violence on TV. Right. So it was like sanitized violence. So n you never saw a drop of blood. Mm. Nobody would ever like, 
I mean, you might see somebody who would develop a limp or suddenly have a sling, but never. But the A team didn't kill anybody. You know, they would come out of their van with machine guns and st- open fire on all the bad guys. And you'd see all the bad guys like diving around, taking cover. And then at the end, they would just give up. It was like some I sort of read somewhere that it's kind of like Tom and Jerry. You know, like Tom and Jerry, yeah, like dropping an anvil on their head, but then they're fine. You know, it was kind of like that. It was real, 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 real stupid. I cannot emphasize how dumb this show is, but I loved it. So catchphrases, catchphrases. Uh, the, The best one was Hannibal always said this one. I love it when a plan comes together and he would chomp on his cigar as he did that. Uh, and then B.A. was afraid of flying, and he would always say, I ain't getting on no plane. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. And then B.A. and Face, whenever Hannibal was coming up with another crazy plan, they would say that Hannibal's on the jazz again. He's on the jazz or on that jazz. So oh I don't know. Pretty fun. Okay. So what is Dr. Amy, what is a common thread we talked about this when we talked about the Dukes of Hazard, okay. which is also an idiotic, absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible show. But a lot of similarities, of actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, 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 great, yeah great very similar. Yeah, yeah. Lots of car chases, and yeah, yes, you handsome, bet. Handsome boys. Yeah. They also had in common, Doctor Amy, yeah. guest stars. Oh. So many guest stars. That you know, remember how. Thing. It was a thing okay. on a lot of shows. A lot yes. of shows would. So they had, I mean, just a few of the guest stars that the A team had over its four year run Hulk Hogan, Rick James, Joanna Kearns was oh. on the A team, oh. Joe <laughs> Namath, I don't know, oh a couple God. of football players, William the Refrigerator Perry. The fridge, the fridge was on the A team. Mm. Marky Post, who was uh, from Night Court, oh, was apparently. <laughs> On the A team. And Boy George, that one blew my mind. Boy oh George was a guest oh. star. Okay. And you're not going to believe this, but not only Pat Sajak, but also Vanna White. Get <laughs> out of here. We're guest stars wow. on the A team. Okay. Now, where okay. we wouldn't, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't have a handful of A team related fun facts. These okay. come courtesy. Okay of Dr. Amy uh, digging these up. First of all, the crime they didn't commit yeah. was murder. Murder, everyone. Yeah. Oh, so it goes, back to, it goes back to the Vietnam War. They were all, you know, Vietnam War veterans. And it turns out that back in 1972, the A-Team was sent on a covert mission to rob the Bank of Hanoi of mm. gold bullion okay. with the intent of helping to end the Vietnam War. They succeeded only to find that their commanding officer had been murdered in a traitorous double cross and his headquarters burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were uh, uh, convicted of the crime and sent to the stockade. So now the second fun fact, Dr. Amy references a line that you said earlier. You said mm. BA, you quoted BA as yes. saying, I pity the fool. BA never said that <gasps> during Stop. the A team. No. Stop it. No, Stop it's it. kind of like it's kind of like beam me up, Scotty, or play it again, Sam. Never happened. That line. He, now, Mr. T did say, it's I pity Mr. the fool. That's it. from the movie Rocky three oh. where he played. 
he played the uh, antagonist um, Clubber Lang in Rocky Three, oh and he was talking about uh, Sylvester Stallone. So interesting. I think we referenced "I Pity the Fool" when we did our uh, catchphrases episode. Oh yes, yeah, I, we that must was have. One that we it was huge. Saying as kids. Yeah. It it re, it popped up in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I pity the fool. Don't eat my Mr. T cereal. <laughs> Remember that? I love that. That's a gr- oh. We need to add that to the list too. Oh Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes, that's a great one. I love that movie. That's a rewatchable movie. Uh, fun fact number. What are we on? Three. The van has its own website apparently. <laughs> But it's not the real van. It's a replica. Evidently, these two guys, two brothers, Liam and Jerome Brett from the United Kingdom. I guess they have a team fans there. I don't know. They built up and from an original 1982 G G series cargo van and they imported it to the UK. And evidently you can see the van. Uh, Fun fact. Yes. Hello. If we end up in England, we'll have to go visit the A-Team van. That's right. Uh, fun fact number four, Dirk Benedict got the role of face because he was old. Oh, that <laughs> really happens in television. Great. <laughs> well, he wasn't even really that old. But apparently there was another actor in the pilot episode, Tim Dunnigan, oh. played face. Okay. And he, he, was, he was an older guy, but I guess on camera, he, the camera made him younger. And he looked like he was in high school and he was too young to play a Vietnam veteran. And so he got replaced. Now, here's a fun fact that is fun. I did not know this. During the fourth season of the show, Mr. T quit and had himself flown off the set in a in a he had a fit. They were filming on a cruise ship and he had just suffered a loss in his family. Plus, the air conditioner, I guess, was annoying him. So he got upset and he had himself helicoptered off the set. No word on if it was Murdoch who flew him off. I don't know. And then he phoned the producer and he had a list of demands, at which point he apparently was fired. Oh but then they they hugged it out, I guess. And you filming resumed. To. You cannot have the A-team without Mr. T. Get out of here. Yes. Yes. Oh uh, this is a this is a fun fact that's not really that fun. As we mentioned uh, this was a very manly show, and girls were there pretty much just to look pretty, and there weren't even very many of those. They tried over the years to have female sidekicks because what happened was this show, when it first came out, like its first season, it was a big hit. It was a huge hit. It was NBC's number one show, but only for a little while, and it quickly, I think people realized how dumb it was. <laughs> And the and the core audience was basically me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody else was like, what is this horseshit? And so over the next three years, the ratings just went off a cliff and it and it only lasted four years, which is not super long. But one of the things they tried to do to save the ratings was to add female uh, sidekicks, but it never worked out. So here's a quote from Dirk Benedict that pretty much sums it up. It was a guy's show. It was male-driven. It was written by guys, directed by guys. It was acted by guys. It was about what guys do. We smoked when we wanted. We shot guns when we wanted. We kissed the girls and made them cry. It was the last truly masculine show. It sounds like Dirk Benedict was really into that. I don't love this, No, I know. Me neither. I'm sorry. I apologize. I feel bad for loving this show after a quote like that. 
I know. I do. It was. I was twelve. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean. It was a different thing. I know. I also like Punky Brewster. Does that count for anything? Okay. All right, and our final fun fact. This is also not very fun, considering that George Pappard died <laughs> from uh, cancer-related pneumonia. We'll get to that in a second. But George Pappard smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. God, God Jesus. That, I don't know. That's crazy. All right, so that leads us to where are they now? I thought it would be fun, Dr. Amy. Since there's only four people in this show, really, what... What happened to these four manly men? Okay. Well, George Papard, as we said, he died from pneumonia in 1994. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty big movie star before the A-Team. He was, you might know him from his role in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. He was in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. After the A-Team, he continued to play roles in TV shows and on the stage. He suffered from lung cancer for many years, and he died from pneumonia in okay. 1994. Dirk Benedict, who he was also known for playing Lieutenant Starbuck in the TV series oh. Battlestar Galactica. This is before okay. the A Team. Okay. Uh, after the A Team, he played the title role of Hamlet on Broadway. Oh and then in 2007, he was a contestant on the UK series of Celebrity Big Brother. And he arrived on the launch night of the show in a replica of the A Team van smoking a cigar. I wonder if it was the van that those brothers have oh, on the oh, website. In the UK, it was in the UK. Yes. Oh, it might be. Okay. Yeah, I bet it was. Okay. I bet it was. Anyway, Dirk Benedict is now 77 years old. Hmm. Dwight Schultz played Murdoch in the 1990s. He was known for playing Lieutenant Reginald Barclay in the Star Trek television universe. Hmm. Okay. Uh, now he is a conservative uh, media person. He had a talk radio podcast called Howling Mad Radio that ended in 2009. He's still active in conservative political circles. That's a rabbit hole you maybe don't want to go down if you are a fan of murder. He has some very interesting opinions about things. Some hot takes. He's 74 years old. Beloved Mr. T. I still... I I get a little emotional when I think about Mr. T. I love him and still do. And you'll be you'll be glad to know that there's nothing in Mr. T's biography that would make you not love him anymore. Oh, so that's good. Right. Mr. T. Mr. T. By, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, open up Mr. T's Wikipedia page. He has had a fascinating life. He really has. Okay. He was he was a high school wrestling champion and a football player. He served in the army. And then when he got out of the army, he tried out for the Green Bay Packers. He didn't make it. He was a bodyguard for many years, and somehow he got noticed doing that uh, by Sylvester Stallone, and that's how he got his big break. He was the he was hired by Sylvester Stallone to play the antagonist Clubber Lang in Rocky Three, and that led to. The A-Team, after the A-Team, and he made several, several appearances. He was, like, on every oh, TV show for a while. Silver Spoons. He was on Different Strokes. Yes. He hosted an episode of Saturday Night Live. Uh, Mr. T, um, I never knew this, but I thought this was interesting. He said that his childhood hero when he was growing up was Muhammad Ali, and that makes okay. a lot of sense. Yeah, 
you know, with with regard to the style and the, you know, talking about himself in the third person, yes. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yes. Anyway, Mr. T is 70 years old and uh, he's doing great. So did you know, Dr. Amy, that there was in 2010, there was a feature film based on the A-Team that came out with Liam Neeson as Hannibal, Bradley Cooper as Face, Quentin Jackson as B.A. and Charlotte Copley as Murdoch. I have not seen this movie. I have not seen it. Did anyone see it? I don't. Know. I don't know. Wow. I don't. It has Liam Neeson and Bradley it's Cooper in it. I mean, everyone. I don't know. It could be. It could be that bad. It probably is that. Probably I think based on the fact that neither of us have seen it, it probably is that probably bad. Exactly that bad. Yep. It's probably that bad. So anyway, the A Team can be streamed on Amazon Prime Video oh. and on Apple TV if you have either of those. Serv- services. I went back, like I said, and I, I watched some. I guess you could call them highlights of episodes. And I just, I don't know. I think you have to be a twelve-year-old boy. I really do. And sure. I think specifically, you have to be a twelve-year-old boy in nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. the A-team ship has sailed, or the van has peeled off, in yeah. and, and it's gone. The A-team, everybody. Can we get the theme song one more time? The theme song was the best part of the show. Okay. Let's take a little break here, and then when we come back, Dr. Amy, this is one... That when I think of this show, I think of mom because mom, uh, we all love this show, yeah, but yeah. it was like one, there was a handful of shows that mom loved too. And I don't know, I still, I feel a special connection to this show because mom loved it and I loved it too. And it was something that we shared and that's yep. just a nice, nice thing to have, isn't it? So that is coming up next after a short break right here on the Latchkey Kids. <laughs> In a world full of music about the rodeo, the big city, ancient instruments, and singing computers, how can you possibly cover it all? Well, take a trip with Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids from Interlochen Public Radio, and we'll show you around a world full of awesome classical music. I'm Kate Botello, your host, and we at Classical Sprouts want you to know that classical music is for everyone to enjoy, and you can enjoy it even more if you know about some of its history or how it's made. Join me at Classical Sprouts to learn about everything from ballet to bagpipes with awesome music and musical guests. Take a trip around the musical world with Classical Sprouts from Interlochen Public Radio. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, people, we are back. We have another yes. primetime pick for you. This time from I'm Dr. excited. Amy. Yes. People. 
Ah, this show aired on Sunday nights, Aaron. This mm-hmm. was a show, as you said, that our mother loved. We watched it yes. as a family. We and did. And I can only be talking about Murder, She Wrote. Everyone. Murder, She Wrote. Let's go to Maine, shall we? To Cabot Cove. They had a lot of, cr- of violent crime in Cabot Cove. I mean, Cabot Cove, Maine has got to be the most dangerous city in America. I have statistics for you on that that I will share <laughs> okay. with you here soon. Good, good, good. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I just, when, when we decided we were going to do some primetime picks, I just knew I had to first select Murder, She Wrote, and partially because, of course, our star... The dame herself, Angela Lansbury, recently passed away, Aaron. Yes. At the the age of 96. 96 years young. Mm -hmm. She was great. She was incredible. Mm -hmm. So she had her typewriter. She was, I mean, wow, it was a time. Typewriter. Let me get get you back in the mood, okay? Okay, yes, yes, yes. The show revolves around the day-to-day life of Jessica Fletcher, everyone, a widowed and retired English teacher. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I didn't know she was an English teacher. Uh, Okay. Okay, all right. She becomes a successful mystery writer. Yes, like like Stephen King, kind of. correct. Except better. Despite fame and fortune, Jessica remains a resident of Cabot Cove, of, as you said, the small sort of idyllic coastal, well, idyllic maybe not. Idyllic, I don't know. Coastal community in Maine. And, uh, (laughs) you know, she's just kind of maintaining all of her links with her old friends, and she's, you know, not letting her wonderful success as a writer go to her head. Usually, the episode starts, Aaron, with a preview of the episode's events. With Jessica stating, "Oh yeah, tonight on Murder She Wrote." Yes, oh. and there would be like a little teaser, oh and that God. would get you pumped because you'd be like, you "Oh snap, so another would... murder!" Oh my God, <laughs> what is going on in Cabot Cove, everyone? Yeah. So, of course, Jessica invariably proves more perceptive than any of the official investigators of a case who are almost mm-hmm. always willing to just arrest, you know, the most likely suspect. We know that's never that's, that person. That's right? how that works out that's in real life, too. Yeah. That's exactly uh-huh. how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she is carefully piecing the clues together. And this is very important, Aaron, asking astute questions, okay? Yes. Leading the authorities to the arrest of the real murderer. So this series ran for 12 seasons. That's Aaron. crazy. That seasons. is crazy. That's like in 64 episodes. Okay. That's three times longer than the A team right and there. Rightly so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes. And I mean, obviously, wherever there was a body, Jessica Fletcher wasn't far behind. And uh-huh. she was just sort of this amateur sleuth. And I mean, wow, wow, wow. Angela Lansbury, Aaron, I don't know if you yes. know this. She was a real legit actress. Oh, yeah. No, and she was famous long before. She, she was famous long time ago. A long yeah. time before. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that's cool about Murder, She Wrote, is she was not a young woman. And she yeah. was the star of the show. I think she was yeah. in her 50s when it started, late 50s. Well, she, yeah, she was 96. So, yeah, she would have been in her 50s. Yeah, yeah. she would have been in her mid-50s. right? super cool because mm-hmm. that never yeah. happens, especially for women on TV. Yeah. And now, I mean, come on, people. So she made a name for herself, Aaron, in the theater world hmm. and also in movies like 1944's Gaslight, 1944. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. 
And in 1962's The Manchurian Candidate. I, re- I remember her in that. That's the one with, with Frank Sinatra, right? I think. Isn't that the one? Okay, I have to Google this because I don't want to. It's good. It's a good. It's it's a good movie. It's a thriller. Yeah, with Frank Sinatra, in Angela Lansbury. Yes, it's a really good movie. Yes. Yeah. So Check it out. The show Murder She Wrote was really kind of supposed to skew toward an older audience, but the series is still very much alive and being discovered by new generations because hello, yeah. Angela Lansbury. Hello, what a badass. We love her. Well, um, and it's like, and people love true crime. P- oh, people have always loved true crime. God. And this show was like, it, it was the opposite of the A-Team. It was clever. It was smart. It was, it was a cool mystery, smart. you oh, know? I and loved it, this show as a kid. It, it holds up. Yeah. It holds up. I loved it. Yeah. I loved, there was so much murder. I love murder still to this day. I'm thinking maybe my love of murder started with Murder, She Wrote. It, it probably did. Because I'm the same way. All of Half of my podcasts I listen to oh, are murder. So, so <laughs> thank you, Angela Lansbury, I yes. guess. Right. Exactly. She was sort of this grandmotherly badass, and I just kind of like it. you, Doctor Amy. I mean, I'm saying. Right. Wait, Dr. are Amy, you a murderer? Doctor <laughs> Amy also became an English teacher and also what? does a bit of professional writing. Hello. What? Maybe what? Amateur sleuth could be in my future. I don't know. I could okay. see it. Right? I could see it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Can I be your sidekick when you solve murders? One hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, All right. So yeah, the series began in 1984. So I was eight years old. Perfect time to mm-hmm. become a, a fan of murder. So much murder. Yes. Um, it ran through '96. I mean, golly. One of the <laughs> most successful wow. and longest-running television shows in history, averaging Aaron. 25 million viewers per week wow. in its prime. That, I had That's no idea huge. that it ran that long. That I'm is crazy. Sure. Oh okay. I might have to revisit this. I might have to I might have to get back into Murder, you She Wrote. Need to get back into Murder, She Wrote, everybody. I'm kind of excited Wait about this minute, now. Aaron, okay. Aaron, we a Strictly Murder, She Wrote fan podcast. <laughs> oh, there probably you know, are several. That is not the worst idea <laughs> I've ever heard. Not a terrible idea. Okay. So okay. All right. For yes. For her role on the program, Lansbury was nominated for ten Golden Globes, winning four, wow. with twelve Emmy awards, earning her the record for the most Golden Globe nominations and wins for Best Actress in a Television Drama Series, and the most Emmy nominations for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama wow. Series. Wow. The series wow. itself. The Queen. Also My goodness. Three Emmy nominations for Outstanding Drama Series as well as six Golden Globe nominations in the same category with two major wins. Okay. All right. Well. The A-Team was nominated oh. for absolutely nothing and won zero awards. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, Aaron, I have a few fun facts for you, of course. Oh, of course you do. do. Right? That's what we do. So um, you will love this, Aaron. So Angela Lansbury... The actress was pissed off, okay, at the TV roles that were being offered to her before this opportunity came along. And yeah. again, like we said, she was in her, you know, mid to late 50s, oh, something like she that. She was a big so deal. People knew who she was. She yeah. was a big deal. She had played, you know, high profile parts. She'd had critical acclaim in the theater. She was in her late 50s. She really wanted to tackle some, like, meaty roles in television. But instead, she was being offered roles of, like, the housekeeper or yeah. the maid 
and she was not having it. And so she voices her displeasure, and soon enough she is approached with two potential solo theories, one of them being murder, she wrote, um, which, of course, grabbed her attention because of its focus on a normal country woman becoming an amateur detective. That's not mm-hmm. a common theme. We've never seen that no. before. No, it's usually men solving murders and out there in TV land. Yeah, yep. she's like, mm-hmm. okay, I like this. Yep. I can make this work. Now, Erin, another actress, was uh, offered the role, and she turned it down, and that was somebody you may have heard of called Jean hmm. Stapleton. <laughs> Edith! Even you can't be in Murder She Wrote. Family, <laughs> she can't be. She can't be uh, Jessica Fletcher. She has to make Archie's dinner. That's Come on. Correct. <laughs> so she was approached to play Fletcher, but she turned it down. She cited a combination of wanting a break after all in the family, because that was a long yeah. Time. That was on for a long time too. Yeah, that show. But, yeah. And mm-hmm. she she wasn't super thrilled with how the part was written, and she wanted changes made, and they didn't really want to mm. do that. Whatever. Anyway. She probably would have been good, though, actually. I could see Gene Stapleton, actually. I mean, not, you know, I think they made the right choice. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And later she agreed that Lansbury was just right for the part. So very gracious of her and also true. Now, Jessica Fletcher, the character, okay, holds Mm -hmm. a Guinness World Record, Aaron. What do you think it is? It doesn't Most murders solved. Is that it? No. No. Is that right? Am I right? You are there. Okay. Oh, well, I just, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of obvious. The show was on for 12 damn years. There's like 300 episodes of the show. That's right. That's right. That's a lot of murdering going on. The Guinness World Record is for most prolific amateur sleuth. Okay. Okay. So, of course, you have Agatha Christie's Miss Marple. Yes. Who had been on and off screen longer since 1956. But Fletcher has actually gotten to the bottom of more cases with a that makes sense. total mm-hmm. of 264, which happens to be the exact number of episodes. And also, mm-hmm. there were four movies of the Murder, She Wrote genre oh. as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, hey, one quick, one quick, I wa- since you mentioned Agatha Christie, I want to just, I want to pay homage to... Oh. The queen, the other queen of oh, murder. Yes. Be- I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge Agatha Christie fan Dang. to this day. I I think I've read maybe not all of her books because she was very prolific, but I've mm. read most of them. And I, I've read, I read one Agatha Christie book a year, like every year. And this show, Murder, She Wrote, has, if you're a fan of That's Agatha Christie, you're going to yes. like this show because it has major Agatha Christie vibes. Yes, it totally it does. Totally does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What the hell is going on in Cabot Cove? I know. That's the part that maybe is a little bit ridiculous. (laughs) If they'd have said it in New York City, it wouldn't have been a problem. But come on. (laughs) So it's this quiet, upper-class New England coastal town. But I mean, they're racking up murders at a rate. I mean, between her and Stephen King, like, I'm surprised there's anybody left alive in the state of Maine, you know? Possibly alive (laughs) over there. Right. Um, so if you look at the amount of murders uh, per the population, Cabot Cove would have the highest rate on the planet. According it's worse to, than like Somalia. That's right. According yes. to BBC Radio 4. So with, with a population of 3,560 people living in the town and 5.3 murders occurring every year, that comes God. out to 
1,490 <laughs> murders per million, which is 60% higher than that of Honduras, which only recently oh. lost its title as the murder capital of the world. It's also okay. estimated that in total, and this is really a reason not to move to the fictional town of Cabot Cove, Okay. Uh, about 2% of the folks in Cabot Cove <laughs> end up murdered. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if you live there for a while... You're definitely, it won't be long and you're going to know somebody who has been murdered. It's just, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's part of life in Cabot Cove. Aaron, there's a fan theory that I'm not sure you're aware of. Oh, I love a good fan theory. Of course. There are Mm -hmm. people out there who believe that Fletcher, Jessica Fletcher, the amateur sleuth and Mm -hmm. writer and former English teacher and grandmother to Dada, Right. A serial killer the whole entire <laughs> Go, time. Come on. Now think about it. <laughs> come think on. Think about it for a second. She, That's how she solves all the murders. Listen, she stumbles yeah. upon all these murders, okay? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sleepy town. She's always the first person there. She always <laughs> That's somehow true. is right in the mix. Yeah, and that's true. Then you know she's writing about all this stuff in her books, and so yeah, making money like, off of it, capitalizing right. off of it. Right. Yep, totally. <laughs> oh my god! The motive is there. That's now, true. Here's some further evidence. There's some episodes, and also in the movies that were made later, where she's actually she goes on book tours, she goes on trips out of town, she does this, she does that. The murders follow, okay? Wherever Jessica Fletcher is, is where the murders are. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not just... You'd think some police detective would pick up on that at some point and maybe do a little investigating, you know? Yeah. It's worth a look. (laughs) Yeah. It's worth a second look. Yeah. Now, Aaron, there was a very special crossover moment. They loved to do this back in the day with another... Of our family faves, another oh, time. Was it the A team? It was the A team. That actually would be awesome. <laughs> no, it would have been great. Um, I pity the fool. We gotta go to Cabot Cove in the helicopter. <laughs> now, in the third season of Murder She Wrote, um, there was an episode entitled Magnum on Ice. Oh no Did way. Yep. No um, way. And it was a crossover with the seventh season of Magnum P.I. Oh, Their God. episode was titled Novel Connection, okay? And uh-huh. so in the episode's plot, Jessica comes to Hawaii. Oh, okay? like the Brady Bunch. Like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> she finds a tiki. And then she finds a little tiki happens. guy and things go bad. Yeah. And uh-huh. to investigate an attempt to murder Robin Masters' guests and then tries to clear uh-huh. Magnum when he's accused of killing the hitman. Wow, okay. Wow, 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 everybody. That, that sounds happen. pretty good, actually. <laughs> I would watch that. Um, okay. Toward the, the very end of the run, um, in the last season, 1995, CBS did a, a really stupid thing, actually. So Murder, She Wrote oh, yeah. had always been on Sunday nights. Okay? Uh-huh. We watched yeah. it as a family. Back Sunday then, night. you watched a show based on what time and what night it was on. Because on if you missed it at 8 o'clock on Sunday, we're you were screwed. shit out of luck, and that's you would never right. be able to see it ever again. So that's how it was back then. Exactly. Yes. So in 1995, mm-hmm. they moved it to Thursdays at 8 p.m., which went head-to-head against a little lineup that you may have heard of called Mad About You and Friends. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Oh, goodness. 
Angela yeah. Lansbury was quoted in the Los Angeles Times saying, I'm shattered. What can I say? I, I really feel very emotional about it. I just felt so disappointed that after all the years we had Sunday night at 8, suddenly it didn't mean anything. It was mm. like gone with the wind. Okay. Wow. Now, in that last That's season, yeah. they took a little shot at Friends with an episode titled Murder Among Friends, where a TV <laughs> producer what? is killed in her office after planning to get rid of a member of the cast of a fictional television show called Buds, where <laughs> they are in a coffee get shop and hanging out <laughs> and etc. Okay. So that happened. Now, Aaron, you'll be happy to know that Jessica Fletcher's escapades have lived on in books and video yeah. games. Okay. Vi- there's a Murder, She Wrote video game? Yes, sir. Uh-uh. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so there were 45 uh, murder mystery novels starring Fletcher written by author Donald Bain. Uh, so you can check those out. Uh, titles like Killer in the Kitchen, Murder on Parade, and this is my <laughs> favorite, Aaron. Margaritas huh. and murder. Okay, Ooh, that's okay. d- that sounds fun. Is that also set in Hawaii? I don't that's know. Also okay. Set in Hawaii. On top of that, <laughs> you have two uh, point-and-click computer games that were released in 2009 and 2012, and both of them feature Fletcher solving multiple murders, just like in the show, and mm. Angela Lansbury's comforting voice wades mm. in through those dead bodies. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. I mean, what an Angela Lansbury vehicle. What that, a beautiful program. Yes. That was what good. I need to revisit it. I want to revisit it and oh, see if it still holds up. I have a feeling it might. It might. Probably it definitely has a better chance of holding up than the A-team. That's for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Oh, people. Um, Do you know? Episode, Aaron. Hmm. Mental yes. Thoughts, Wikipedia, IMDb. Episode Ninja, love. And yes. People Magazine. So there we have it, Aaron. Bravo. Some primetime picks. There's so many other primetime picks, Aaron. I mean, I'm just thinking about Miami Vice. I'm thinking mm. about, we talked about Magnum P.I. Hawaii Five O. we watched a lot as a family. What about yes. Alice? What about I mean, Moonlighting? Did you oh, say Moonlighting? Oh my God. Yeah, Moonlighting. moonlighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I just looked. I just Googled this, and apparently, Murder She Wrote is available. All twelve seasons are available to stream on the on Peacock if you have a subscription to Peacock. Okay. Excellent. Well done. Whew. Lots of fun. I need to go watch some tv right now yeah. all right that's it for us this week on the latchkey kids everybody we'll have more for you next week until then bye-bye everybody. bye-bye, bye-bye.